Okay. Um, you know that saying, I just had it. It's not going. It's private. Oh, you know what? While I play, let's do communion first. Is that all right? Can we do communion first? Because where's Emma? No, I don't. Okay, so yes, our streaming's working great. Thank you for being with us. Just really quickly, for those that are watching online, um, because we're making it up as we go along, we've discovered that our power supply was an issue. We're using a battery. And so if this feed goes dead, there's nothing we can do. You've missed out. And we pray that God will minister to you in the dark space of a black screen. But we've got a new battery coming for next week and we'll be good to go. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. <laughs> Wow, what an interesting week it's been, technology, hey? So let's see if we can backtrack a little bit. Um, we've been on a really interesting journey as a church because all sorts of stuff has been happening. And uh, you know, we've discovered that we seem to be walking into God's, really God's season for us. And so we've seen things happening in the worship, during the worship. We've had you know, churches of Christ themselves come and talk to us about the possibility of building childcare out the back. Um, uh, on our property where they lease it back from us a whole bunch of stuff that just seems to be dovetailing into what God wants for this place you know will the walls remain the same will they be new walls well well, time will tell you know so I I love the fact that we're walking into the promises of God for our church I, I just you know we're 160 odd years old you know there's been peaks and troughs along the way there's been a whole stack of stuff but it's really nice to see some of those dreams. It feels like they're coming to fruition at last, amen? So I'd go as far as to say that the spirit in this house is pretty contagious. I think it's inviting. I think it's safe. I think it's family. And a couple of weeks ago, Mel actually spoke, or probably about three weeks ago now, she spoke about God wanting to rekindle the promise within you, the promise that God's given you. And then two weeks ago, I think something like that, because last week we were recorded again, um, we looked at taking courage, Joshua, have strength, be courageous, take courage for the thing that I want to give you, that God wants to give you his promise for you, but it actually requires courage for you to grab it and walk into it. So I want to continue down that road today if I can. Good, the time is counting down. That works with the battery. And so let's see if we can continue. So we're half through, halfway through 2021. We're actually in June. Yeah. Um, We're a month away from celebrating my 50th birthday from last year um, because I missed out last year, so we might as well celebrate it this year. Um, I'm just putting it out there now for all those that love me. Um, But I, I I think as a people, it's our time to embrace all that Father God has done, all that he's planned for us as individuals and as a group. You know, It's our time to continue reaching out to one another, to, to bless those. Um, I just got a message on the tablet that said, thank God it works. So someone's watching at home. Yeah, thank you too. Yeah, we're really stoked at the moment. Um, for, for other churches, they've been doing it forever. We're doing it for the first time. I feel like Aldi, always playing catch-up. Um, and no, no, it was an article. Read the article. There was an article this week. I shop at Aldi. I love Aldi. But read the article. It'll give you context. But... One of the things I think as a community that we need to walk into, we need to embrace, and I'm going to use this word, but it's interchangeable, is this word serve. If our church is actually going to become all that it is destined to become, all that God has purposed, then we need to serve. If you want to interchange it with another word, use the word love and it'll make sense as we go along, yeah? 
So uh, I guess the best way to explain it is our boys are involved with the local football club. They, they love their footy. We love their footy. I'm actually too passionate. Um, when the boys play, I had a supporter who's 19 yesterday tell me that I have to dial it down, that my son can look after himself on the field. He doesn't need a parent screaming at other 15-year-old kids. But those other 15-year-old kids had to go at my son. You know, like, I was pretty excited. Anyway, I took that on board. Sally's experienced that before. <laughs> the point being, though, because we love what the boys are involved with, we get involved with the footy club. I, I do the timekeeping sometimes. Mel works in the canteen. If you've got kids at school, you get involved in their, in their canteen, in their tuck shop. You know, do they still call it that, or is that just our era? Yeah? yeah, my era. Yeah, we get involved with stuff. We get involved with the things that we like. If you're a part of a group, you get involved with it. And I think church life, the minute that we become a Christian, we get involved. Yeah? First, obviously, we have to first fix our relationship with him because everything happens in the overflow. If you don't get that right as a son of God, everything else is just stuff. But when your relationship with God's right and you begin to serve, you're actually learning how to love. So let's jump to the scriptures. John 13, verses 1 to 17. Uh, I'll read those and then we'll keep going. So before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave the world and return to his father. He'd loved his disciples during his ministry on earth and now he loved them to the very end. It was, it was time for supper and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he'd come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, really important, wrapped a towel, really important, around his waist and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a the towel that he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, no way, they stink. No, he didn't. Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and, and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And the disciples are clean, but not all of you. And for Jesus knew who would betray him. And it goes on. I want to jump down to verse 16. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. That particular line all comes after verse 12. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. So we know that Jesus is eating a meal with his disciples. We know that. We read that, yeah? We also know that it's near the end of his ministry. But in the middle of the meal, Jesus takes off his robe. Now, if you remember the story of the prodigal son, when he came back, the father ran and put his robe, put a robe on him to say, this is who you are. You're my son. This shows that you've got authority, that you're part of the family. And Jesus at this point, yeah, the robe that he wore as the son of God, he takes this, this robe off. Yeah? It's not important about my title. It's not important about who you think I am. But hold on, while I take this off, let me just grab this towel and I'm going to wrap this towel around me and robe myself with this towel. It's more important than you see who I am through what I do. Yeah? Yeah? And he places the towel around himself. I, I love that because 
As he does that, he grabs a towel, he begins to kneel, and he, and he kneels with a basin of water and begins to wash the disciples' feet, and they're all freaking out. You know, they're freaking out because he's taken his robe off and wrapped himself in a towel. They're like, man, you are too good for this. You're the son of God. You, you shouldn't. No, there's no way in the world that you should be doing this. You know, you, you come from heaven. Yet Jesus takes off his robe to say that the robe's not important. What I'm doing, what I've now clothed myself in is more important. Is that okay? So why is, he washing, you know, why is he washing their feet? Well, that's a really good question that I'm asking all of you because Peter says, no, you can't wash my feet because of who you are. And it's as if he's saying, you know, you've got a title. You shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be doing this stuff. But I love Jesus' Jesus's answer to Peter. If I can't wash your feet, then you have no part of me. Because our life, the Christian life, when we're full of God, yeah, when we're full of God, when we're full of God, is all about ministering, serving, interchange the word, loving others. Yeah? You can't, you can't, we can't be believers unless we're loving others. We can't be believers unless we're serving others. You know, and, and it's as if Jesus is saying, we are too important to be important. Take off your robe. Love people, love people, love people, serve people. Wash people's feet. You know, when we're full of God, that's what it's all about. And, and Peter has this epiphany and he says, they're not just my feet, my whole body. He goes, I'm in this boots and all. Man, you, what you're teaching right now, this is freaking me out, but I'm, gonna, I'm in boots and all. Wash all of me, Lord, wash all of me. And, and I think that, that... That's outstanding. So Jesus does all that and then he, he sits back, the word says, at the table and, and he says some words. I'm going to suggest it's a proclamation. It's, he's declaring it, proclaiming it over the people that he's speaking to and those of us that listen. And he says, what I've just done is an example of what you must do. It's like he's saying, I've just shown you the secret to ministry. I've just shown you the secret to making disciples. I've shown you the secret to building the kingdom. Love people. Serve people. Yeah? Wash their feet, so to speak. You know, what do we know about Jesus? John 6.38 says, For I've come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. He makes it really clear that He's not here to do his own thing, but the Father's thing. This was never about Jesus himself. It's never about us. It's about the kingdom. It's about the family. Yeah? If I go to my mum's place for Christmas and she cooks all that food, it's not about her. It's about the day. It's about the gathering. It's about all of us that are there, that are partaking. Everything about our faith actually captures and encapsulates everybody else. Yeah? Jesus came to serve the Father and to do his will and do the will of the Father. You know, so many people in the world today want to do their own thing. It's just, it's just the way it is, you know. People want to do their own thing. They, often I think we want to do our own thing. Mel knows when I want to do my own thing. She'll say, hey, love, why don't you just go in the front room and, and relax? Play some Xbox. And so I sheepishly play into that. I go, can I really? Are you sure? Is that, is that okay while I'm walking? Can I go just for a little bit? And then I close the door and I see her in about five days. No, I don't. I see it probably more like 
a couple of hours. But anyway, we all want to do our own thing, but we need to learn to pray the way that Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer. God, your kingdom come, your will be done yeah, on earth as it is in heaven. So how do we know what God's will is for us? If it's not about our will and it's always about God's will, how do we know? Well, I reckon it's really simple. I believe the will of God is written in the word of God. And I believe as we read and get into the word of God, I believe Holy Spirit speaks to us and actually shows us the will of God for our lives. Yeah? And he does that over and over and over again. So if you want to know the will of God, then you've got to know the word of God. Is that fair? It's no good saying that you want to play AFL football and not know the rules. Going there, kicking the ball on the ground as if you're playing soccer. Soccer's a good game, but those rules don't apply in AFL and vice versa. If you want to know the will of God, then you've got to know the word of God. So when you read the word, God can speak to you. See, Jesus came to serve humanity. Matthew 20, verse 24 says, When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. But Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. You've got to underline that, highlight it in your Bible. It will be different. It will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. His service only happened because he loved, because he is love. Our service is an act of love. So he came to not to be served, but to serve. And if he's our master, if Jesus is really our Lord, then if he served humanity, then that's our example. That's the example that he left for us. Yeah, He left that for us. And in fact, Jesus came to serve his purpose. You know, sometimes we get confused between God's will and God's purpose. God has his will and he'll show you his will for you, which will be really similar to his will for me. But his purpose for me might be different, the outworking of the will of God, right? So Jesus came to serve his purpose. First John 3 8 says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning, for this purpose. Yeah? This is what he came to do. The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Okay, that's cool. What are the works of the devil? Like, how do you really how do you capture them? Sin? Well, that's a really short word that's got a huge meaning. You know, is it, is it death? Is it fear? It, it, it's, it's all of those things. But everything that has anything to do with the enemy, Jesus came to destroy. Is that fair? So Jesus says, I'm coming down because my purpose is to destroy the enemy's works. And those works were destroyed when Jesus died and rose from the dead. Yeah? And now God calls us as Christians to go out and do what he did to destroy the works of the devil. So how do we do that? Yeah, I sat there for a while too. You know, like, like legitimately, how do we do that? You know, I love the Bible says that we're going to do greater things than Jesus. You ever gone to a swimming pool, even a, you know, toddler's pool? Come on, Lord, I know I can do this. Nah, dang, still not working. Nah, dang, still not working. I think, oh no, that was only that deep. You know, like, we're supposed to do greater things. So the reality is that we can and we will once we understand how, how did Jesus destroy the works of the devil? Acts 10.38, you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. 
Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So how do we destroy the works of the devil? We need to start to go around and do good. Let's, let's, let's dumb it down for those of us that need that. Yeah? We just need to go around and start doing good. How do we do good? Have a coffee with someone that you know that's hurting. Listen to them and don't judge them. Yeah? God's Christmas gifts. Give gifts to those that are, that are in need. Yeah? Be there for someone. Mentor someone. Drink tea with them if you had to. I did that recently. Where was I? They nearly lost their faith that I drank tea. I know. See, that's the reaction it had. But when you love people, Lyndon, you'll even go to that level and drink tea with people. Do what you have to so that people can speak with you, so that they can share, so that you can actually love them and serve them. Yeah? Because when we're doing that stuff, we're actually destroying the works of the devil. Every word spoken, every, every lesson taught, every coffee or tea drunk, we're actually destroying the works of the devil because we're getting alongside people and we're discipling them, we're helping them, we're carrying them, we're supporting them, we're telling them it's okay. They might, be, they might sit there and be totally inebriated and you can smell what they've drunk the night before, but you don't sit in judgment. You just sit and listen and love. You serve. You wash the stinking feet in Jesus' name, yeah? Man, if we could do that, oh, what a church. What a people. Imagine Ballarat. Jesus came and grabbed a towel, not the title. I love that thought. You know, Philippians in chapter 2, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Verse 7, instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave. I love that. I love that. Verse 9 says, therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honour of highest honour and gave him the name above all other names. When we're serving people, actually in heaven there's a party going on. God glorifies us amongst the angels and goes, man, do you see what Christine did? And she was with that person and she just loved them and loved them and loved them. She could have walked away but she didn't give up. And the angels are like, wow, that's awesome. I probably would have killed that person by now. I don't know what conversation the angels would have, you know. I figure if Lucifer can figure he can jump ship, you know, they could probably get upset about some of the stuff that God gets excited about us when we're doing good, you know. You know, in John 13, Philippians 2, it, Jesus makes it really clear that he chose the towel. He laid down his privileges. He laid down everything that he, that he was to say, listen, this is how... This is how I lead. This is how heaven leads. This is how a man and woman full of God leads. By serving, by loving. See, when we love people, when we serve others, it actually puts us first. You could almost have, but you can't have, but you can have if you try to trick yourself. You could almost have the mindset, if I serve someone, I'm actually putting myself first. So I'm going to go out of my way to love people so that God will put me first. And that's not the right attitude and it probably won't work. But you get my drift, yeah? Because it says in John 13, So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, 
poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around them. So when we decide to take a towel, when we decide to robe ourselves with a towel of service, of love, yeah, because that's what it is, we actually, in putting ourselves last, we begin to serve the kingdom. God sees that and he puts us first. Doesn't the Bible say the first shall be last and the last shall be? Yeah. So I love that. It's a principle of God that's not changing. I'm not warping. I'm not twisting. It's just the word of God. It's the truth, yeah? To love one another. The thing that I love when people visit our house here is they say, I just felt so welcomed. I felt loved. Oh, you're not going to believe it. So-and-so did this. So-and-so dropped off some food. This person did that. This person gave. Did they really? And then I think, wow, that's awesome. And then the little voice in the back of my head goes, what about me? It isn't fair. You know, like, no, it doesn't. It never happens like that. So when we serve, we put others before us, but God puts us first. Yeah? It's so hard to understand because I can say this and know it's true. I'm God's favourite. But you know, you can actually say that too. I'm God's favourite. Now, it makes no sense in our world because if I said to Samuel, you're my favourite, Nathan automatically says, but, but what about me? So I go, well, Nathan, you're my favourite. And Samuel goes, but I thought I was your... It doesn't work in the world, but God can actually look at each and every one of us and say, you're my favourite, you're my favourite, you're my favourite. And he can get away with it because he can, because he's God. You know, it's, our, it's almost like our ultimate calling. John 13, 14 says, And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. You know, I don't think it can be any clearer than this. Jesus says, you've seen me do it, now do it. And if Jesus washed our feet, if he actually served us, if he loved us, then we need to serve those that are around us as well. I mean, we need to love unconditionally. We need to put, you know, the language we use here, we need to put relationship above being right. Yeah. We need to do those things when we're with people because that's how we love, by serving them, by getting alongside them by making sure that the relationship between us is always first and paramount above anything else, yeah? We are, you are, his hands and feet extended. You know, this is what I believe Christ wants, Christians are supposed to do. By this all men will know that you're my disciples. You know, when you have love for one another. And I think it's time for us to embrace the fact that part of our calling, part of our, our faith, part of being filled with God is the fact that we're filled so much so that our cup overflows so that we can love other people. Amen? You know, we need to settle in our spirit that the towel represents serving, that the towel represents loving. Yeah? And loving is all our calling. Not just mine, not just Mel's, not just Nathan's, it's all our callings, all of us. We're all called to love. Because even the Son of Man didn't come to serve, but to, you know, to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom. And sometimes you feel like that when you're loving. You get home and you're tired. Or you get off the phone and Mel goes, wow, that was a big phone call. Yeah, do you really need to take that one now? Yeah, that, I think it's important. That person needs some love. Now, don't hear me right. Self-care is important too. We talk about that a lot. But if we're only looking after ourselves and never looking after people, then it's out of kilter. Yeah? 
You know, and when we serve others, it actually brings a sense of fulfillment, absolute. I, I, I can't describe it. It's like you try to explain to someone, when you get baptized, you go into the baptismal waters, and, and the Bible doesn't tell you, but spiritually something shifts. Something happens. You're like you, you, know, you come out, you might feel lighter, you might feel happy, but something shifts in your spirit. For some people, they read the Word and they understand it more, whatever it might be. You can speak to anyone that's been baptized, and they've all got a story like that. Loving others is like that. I can't, I can't explain it, but when you, you're truly loving, serving others, there's a sense of fulfillment that actually fills you. I think God's actually wired us that way. John 13, 17 says, Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. How stupid can we be and still breathe to read that scripture and think, No, I don't want to do it. It's too hard. God goes, if you do it, I'm going to bless you. Wow. Oh. Do it, blessing. Not do it, no blessing. Blessing, no blessing. Oh, I'm not sure. No, no, I'm not going to do it. It's too hard. It's a blessing from God. Man, that outweighs everything because you never know how God's going to bless. You don't know what he's going to do. Is he going to pour out revelation? Is he going to bless your business, your work? Is he going to bless you financially? Is he going to bless your marriage, your relationship? Man, it's, it's not worth the risk of not getting the blessing. It's much better risking everything and going for it and seeing what that blessing might be. And so true fulfillment is never found in ourselves. It's always found in other, outside, in others. You ever noticed celebrities? You know, they've got all the cash, all the bucks. And yet, how many of them open charities, orphanages? They go on an adopting spree. They do all sorts of stuff to put their name to it. You know why? This is what I think, my personal opinion. I actually think there's an emptiness in having a stack of money and doing nothing wholesome with it, yeah? But I think there's a real sense of fulfilment when you're doing something and seeing somebody else's life improve, get better. And imagine if you're doing that with the Lord in God. Imagine if that person steps closer and closer to, close, closer to the Lord. Because at the end of the day, the person that we serve, the person that we, we sit and have coffee with, their, their time of saying yes to Jesus doesn't happen at an altar call because they put their hand, out, hand up and then we got them to repeat a prayer. They've already been on a journey, like forever. You know, They've been sitting with Lyndon having a coffee for two years and then one day someone says, hey, why don't you give your heart to the Lord? They're like, man, I think I'm already there. Yeah, no worries, man, I'm, I'm there. Like God, don't get me wrong, God can do things on a spot, but for most of us, it's a journey. It's a journey. People's faith walk is a journey. Even after you say yes to Jesus, we grow over time. We don't become perfect overnight. Just like God heals. He can heal one person at the altar, totally clean. Never touch heroin again. I'm thinking of a particular friend of Mel and I's who was a heroin addict. Yet I've got another friend, exactly the same boat, who used to steal all sorts of stuff for his, for, for his particular you know, addiction. Yet it was a two and a half year methadone treatment. God's in it both. Yeah, he's in it both. We just got to be the person that walks with them, loves them. It's okay. When you've been there enough, you can say stuff like, yes, you're stuffed up again. If you're Italian, you may even get away with a gangster slap. Who knows, you know? But the point is that you're there and they trust you because you've loved them, you've served them. Serving, loving, being there for others, that brings fulfilment. You know, often I, I catch up with people for coffee and, 
it's a little bit of a culture now with those that I catch up with and we sort of race to see who will, who will pay, you know. Recently, we were somewhere and someone put their card down and I put my phone on top of the card and the machine picked up my phone. Deep down inside, I had two feelings. Yes, I got it spewing. <laughs> I made sure he got that card there first, you know. <laughs> but the point is, when I actually do that, it's because I know there's a sense of gratitude in the other person that for me brings a sense of fulfilment, yeah? Because when others do that for me, I'm like, wow, that was so kind of you. Thank you so much. And that thanks, they go away feeling fulfilled because I've done something. So whatever it is for you, whatever that towel looks like for you, whatever, whatever it is in your, your area of life, man, take off the robe. doesn't matter. Wrap, it around, wrap the towel around yourself. And just do it. Just do it. Imagine a workplace where your boss actually gets down and dirty and helps, not just barks orders. Nice place, isn't it? Now, if we can learn to pick up the towel in every area of our lives, we, we'd be world changers. I want, who wants to be a world changer? Seriously. Like, let's be world changers. We can be world changers. Even with all of this, the COVID stuff, we can still get alongside people who are fearful. They might be... Fearful of, of, of the injection. The word's not there for me at the moment. Yeah, that word. <laughs> Which they might have reasons to be fearful, but get along aside them. Just love them through it. You know, you, might, you may want to get vaccinated, you may not want to get vaccinated. You may want to wear a mask, you may not want to bear a mask. Don't judge the person. Just walk with them and love them. Yeah, your opinion doesn't have to be right. My opinion doesn't have to be right. It's I knew that was coming. I, she beat me by a second. I was about to say, except when I'm home. Like, anyway, I won't talk about this morning's discussion where she goes, you're just not hearing. You're not teachable. Like, I am teachable. I'm just right. I know, right? And then she walked away like I did something wrong. Often when I share, I'm not just sharing to you, for you. I'm sharing from God for me, yeah? Imagine a church that picks up a towel. Imagine a people that serve in every area of their life. I know this one thing. Serving helps us, makes us look like Jesus. Loving people helps us look like Jesus. You can pray for people. You can heal the sick. You can do all that. And that's awesome. We want to see the miraculous poured out, you know, not just in bits and bobs and pieces. I, I, I want to see it all the time where if the miraculous, if God's not moving miraculously, I want to be able to say, oh, that's disappointing. You know, I'd rather be disappointing, disappointed that he's not rather than excited oh, that he did once. But the thing that stands out, I think, the most is when we get along, pe along with other people and we love them and serve them. I think that actually creates a space for the greatest miracle to happen in people's lives. Yeah? Because when we serve others, people see Jesus. Why don't we stand and close in prayer? Because I've got 16 seconds left. Has the battery lasted, Stephen? No? That's okay. New battery's on its way. Tuesday, express post. But at least we know how it works. We're on a journey this year. Not just as a church, but each and every one of us as individuals are on a journey this year. Yeah, we are on a journey 
want to experience more of him because I, I just firmly believe that we can experience more of God. And I don't think it matters how long we've been Christians, whether it's been a week or whether it's been 80 years. I think God is so big that we do ourselves an injustice to put him into a box and think we've experienced all of him. Every moment of every day is an opportunity for us to experience more of him. And I think we're all on that journey. And I, I'm just noticing this year he is opening doors that we didn't even know existed. Not just for our church, but in lives, the opportunities that people are getting, the new jobs that are arising, new relationships that are starting. We're on a journey this year. Maybe we just need to trust him in it. And I think this year, with all that we went through last year in 2020, it's a journey where we're going to become more like Jesus with ever-increasing glory. Amen? We're a journey where those around us actually will meet Jesus through us. Amen? So I just want to pray for us all. I want to pray that God creates a space and place, an opportunity this week where we can be Jesus to someone. Maybe someone we know. Maybe someone that we're meeting for the first time. But maybe we can start a journey and get alongside someone, hey? So Father, I just thank you. I thank you that we are your hands and feet extended. I thank you for your example in the word. I thank you that you are a good, good Father, that you are a good, good God. And Lord, you never ask us to do anything that we cannot that we cannot do. Lord, you tell us that even when we think we can't bear something, Lord, even in that place and space, you create a, a doorway for us to escape. So God, I just ask this week for each and every one of us, those that were watching, those that will listen to the podcast, Father, I just pray that you would create an opportunity for us to love somebody, to serve them, to take off our robe of who we are and to wrap ourselves and robe ourselves with a towel, to be able to sit with them and talk with them and love them, listen, serve, Lord, to do something that would just shift, God, something within them that would bring them closer to Jesus. Lord, deeper faith. Lord, healing in their body. Maybe, Lord, healing in their mind just because we've seen a need and we've prayed. So, Father, I just say use us. Use our hands, use our feet. God, move us where you want us. Give us eyes to see as you see, that we might truly see the kingdom of God in action. Lord, not just in our homes, not just, Lord, amongst this church, but God, in our community of Ballarat. Lord, that it would spread like wildfire throughout Victoria and Australia. Lord, Christians being Jesus, wearing a towel, loving, loving, loving in the overflow, serving those that need you. So we do thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the ability and freedom to meet even in these conditions. And we give you all the glory. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, amen and Amen.